Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. Welcome to This Week in Royal History, where we're exploring the world outside the Tudors with royal history highlights from a variety of centuries. This week, the week of October 23rd through the 29th. The year was 1516 in France, and Queen Claude, consort of Francis I, had just given birth to a daughter. They would name her Charlotte. We know her as Charlotte of Valois. This tiny princess had green eyes and red hair, something that was passed on to her thanks to her maternal grandmother, Anne of Brittany. Now Charlotte's sister, Louisa Valois, was older than Charlotte and the eldest child of Claude and Francis. And due to endless hostilities at the time between Spain and France, Francis I and Charles I of Spain decided that a betrothal to Francis's eldest daughter, Louise, was the best option. The benefit for Spain in this contract was that now Spain controlled the Kingdom of Naples. This treaty stopped the hostilities and mandated that if Louise were to die before marriage, that Charles would be obligated to wed another daughter of Francis I, or else maybe his sister-in-law, Renée. Sadly, Louise died when she was only three years old, and it was her younger sister, Charlotte, who would replace her in line to wed the Spanish king, Charles I. Well, Charles became Holy Roman Emperor while the two were betrothed. However, Charlotte would not live to become an empress. Charlotte of Valois died on the 18th of September, 1524, at the age of seven, after contracting measles. Her mother had died only two months before her, and her aunt, Margaret of Angoulême, looked after her until her death. Charlotte's father, Francis I, was at war and was not with her when she died. A year after Charlotte's death, Charles, now Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor, married Isabella of Portugal, the daughter of Manuel I of Portugal and Maria of Aragon. Isabella was born this week in 1503 and was named after her maternal grandmother, Isabella I of Castile, and her aunt, Isabella of Aragon, who was her father's first wife. Yep, you heard that right. Her aunt was her father's first wife. In the spring of 1526, Isabella married her first cousin, Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor, at the Palace of Alcazar in Spain. They had seven children. 
but only three lived to adulthood. Charles left Isabella in Spain often while he traveled to his Central European lands. While he was away, Charles appointed Isabella as Regent of Spain. She traveled with the court from city to city and eventually caught a fever during her seventh pregnancy. She gave birth to a stillborn son and died two weeks later on the 1st of May, 1539, at 35 years old. Charles was devastated at Isabella's death. He shut himself away in a monastery for two months and wore black for mourning for the rest of his life. He also never remarried. We mentioned earlier the sister of Claude of France named Renée as a possible match for Charles I of Spain if her niece Louise were to die. But who was Renée? Renée of France was born on the 25th of October, 1510, to Louis XII of France and Anne of Brittany. You know Louis XII as the first husband of Henry VIII's younger sister, Mary Tudor. Renée was two years old when her father wed the English princess. By the time she was five years old, both her parents had died, and her cousin, Francis I, was on the French throne. In 1528, she married Hercule, eldest son of the Duke of Ferrara and Lucrezia Borgia, and they had five children. In 1534, she became Duchess of Ferrara when her father-in-law died. Her husband immediately dismissed all the French at court, most of whom came with René years before. René supported the Protestant Reformation and even had John Kelvin spend weeks at her court around early 1536. Renée was arrested as a heretic and told to recant her Protestant faith. She refused until her daughters were taken away from her. And then, on the 23rd of September, 1554, she recanted. However, she did still decline to attend Catholic Mass. Renée returned to France in 1560, one year after her husband's death, and settled at one of her estates. After her son-in-law, Francis, Duke of Guise, the leader of the Catholic party in France, declared war on the Protestants, her castle became a refuge for the surrounding Protestants to stay safe, and she was able to rescue a number of them from the St. Bartholomew's Day Massacre in Paris, 1572. She kept constant correspondence with Kelvin up to his death in 1564. Renée died at her estate in 1574 at the age of 63, and was buried there. In continuing with the 16th century trend for this week in royal history, we look at the year 1580. On the 2nd of November, 1580, Anna of Austria was born to Maximilian II, Holy Roman Emperor, and Maria of Austria. She was their eldest daughter, and her parents were actually first cousins. To strengthen the alliance between Spain and Austria, Anna was considered as a bride for Carlos, Prince of Asturias, and heir to the Spanish throne. However, Carlos died in 1568 before the wedding took place. Carlos's father was Philip II of Spain, who also lost his third wife in 1568 and now needed to remarry as he had no male heir. Anna married Philip, her maternal uncle, in May 1570, by proxy, and she arrived in Spain in October that same year. They had five children together, 
but only a son would survive to adulthood. The marriage between Anna and Philip was happy, and there is no record of Philip taking mistresses while they were married. Anna died this week in 1580 at the age of 30 after contracting influenza while visiting Portugal, where she was briefly queen. Some consider Catherine of Valois as the mother of the Tudors, or at least grandmother of the Tudors. It was because of Catherine's relationship with the Tudor that we know her today. In 1401, Catherine was born to Charles VI of France and Isabeau of Bavaria. She was their youngest daughter and was given to Henry V of England in marriage as part of the Treaty of Troyes, which was signed in 1420. Catherine and Henry were married that June, and she was crowned at Westminster Abbey in February 1421. While Catherine was pregnant with their first child, Henry returned to France with his military campaigns. Catherine gave birth to a son and royal heir, the future Henry VI, in December 1421, and Henry V died in August 1422, having never met his son. The royal couple's infant son became Henry VI of England. Catherine began a relationship with a Welshman, Owen Tudor. While there are no sources to show a marriage took place, together, Catherine and Owen had at least six children, including Edmund and Jasper Tudor. Catherine died on the 3rd of January, 1437, at the age of 35, possibly after childbirth. She was buried at Westminster Abbey. That concludes this week in royal history. I hope the information provided to you today has piqued your interest and you begin on your own journey through royal history. Until next time, I'm Rebecca Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you love what you hear on this show, please consider becoming a patron on Patreon. Patrons receive exclusive content, early releases, a commercial-free experience, and so much more. Want to learn more? Go to patreon.com slash tutorsdynasty for options. You can also find a link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.